Welcome to the Law of Startups Podcast. I'm Mike Schneider. And I'm Joe Wallen. Thank you for being with us today. Uh, today we are lucky to have on the show Mary Jesse. Uh, Mary is a technology executive, a strategist, inventor, and a startup company founder. Uh, she's been the founder of a company called Ivy Corp. Uh, she's, she was with Macaw Cellular and AT&T Wireless, and uh, she's got a bunch of patents under her name, and now she works at uh, VR Studios, a virtual reality company. Mary, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So so a lot of our um, audience uh, members, Mary, are people who are uh, thinking about starting companies, or maybe they've just begun the process of starting companies, and so they're um, they're, they really benefit from hearing the stories of people who who who, who did it and uh, and who, who suffered the you know the slings and arrows of doing it and can tell some stories and some <laughs> lessons learned. What what stands out to you? Do you mind telling us kind of like how your career got started and how you wound up founding a company and and where you know how you got to where you are now? Yeah, sure. Um, I really am one of those people that believes that you're sort of an entrepreneur as part of your nature. It's sort of in your DNA. And, you know, people can learn skills. But for me, it was, you know, I just kind of was born that way. I was trading marbles in third grade and had every kind of business you could imagine. I sold the pomegranates from our tree in the backyard to the neighbors. I had soap making and perfume making and sold seeds. And, you know, as I got older, boy, I wish the internet would have been around at that time. I mean, I would have just gone bananas, but, um, you know, we had mail order catalogs and things like that. But um, even through my career, you know, I went to engineering school and I, and entrepreneurism wasn't as accessible, I think, as it is today. Um, so I would have businesses on the side and then kind of, um, you know, pursue my mainstream engineering career with uh, a target to be a vice president in a corporation by the time I was 30. And I had my eye on that prize for a long time. And two months before my 30th birthday, I became a vice president um, at Macaw Cellular Communications and then uh, later AT&T Wireless. And so that was really exciting. But I had always felt this need and desire to really start and build, you know, really technologies, but but businesses in general. And AT&T and Macaw really afforded me that opportunity within the sort of um, umbrella of a much larger company, which is a great way to kind of test how, uh, how your, I guess, your appetite for really creating uh, businesses if you get to do it within another company. But um, after I left uh, AT&T, I was pretty determined that I would uh, really drive my own destiny from that point forward. And, and that's what I did. So I was founding CTO of a company and I, you know, did consulting also. And I started a couple things that, you know, I decided not to pursue that much. Um, in 2007, started um, Ivy Corp. I, I rem distinctly remember the day sitting on my couch um, with my laptop going, okay, you know what, I'm going to do this because I believe in this business. Um, that company is still ongoing. I'm, I'm very excited about uh, their future. And um, and then at this juncture, it was kind of funny. I, I thought, you know how I've started all these companies um, and I've been a part of starting and I've been the founding CEO. That's really a rugged 
journey, you know, being the CEO. And so I was like, okay, I, I'm not sure if I want to do that again because it is, you know, it, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, tough going, especially after doing that for the last seven years. So um, I was pretty elated when I had the opportunity to join VR Studios. Uh, first and foremost, I was looking for not so much the opportunity or the business or what role I would be in. I was on this kind of hunt for the next big technological wave because having been a part of mobile from early days and being able to create products and, and really see that change the world, you know, the Internet was right alongside and parallel with that. I've been on the hunt for what's, you know, is there another one of those in my lifetime? Tracking commercial space, robotics, AI, all of these things. And, um, but not so much virtual reality. And then this opportunity came along and I just, boy, I fell in love. And this is, this is it. I mean, I'm committed to this for, you know, as long as this wave offers the opportunity to just be incredibly creative and entrepreneurial and change the world. So I'm, I'm super excited. And, um, you know, it's been a journey since elementary school and it keeps going, but uh, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Nice thing about VR is that it's, you know, it, there's timing questions about, you know, when is the right time to start investing a lot of resources into it, but it's certainly not going away. Like, so whenever you decide that you want to get onto the the VR bandwagon and and, uh, and work on a company that's doing VR, at least you know you know ten years from now people aren't going to have abandoned VR. It's 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 just going to get better and better. It's just a question of when will it be inexpensive enough and compelling enough for lots of people to use it. But that that's really just a question of when. Um, yeah, so I think a smart move. I I, I love VR. Um, I've been watching it pretty closely. Um, I've got the the HTC Vive coming uh, in hopefully a couple weeks. Um, and uh, I used to have an Oculus uh, developer kit, so I've, I've played with all the various things that are out there. Um, I'm curious, tell, tell me about the company you're working on. What's the, what's the play? Yeah, so you know, the way I look at VR is it's really part of this broader technological wave, which is the transformation of our world from 2D to 3D in every way, shape, or form, and touching every industry and and at the heart, which is communication, right? Those are kind of the the big communication and commerce and uh, things that we do. So um, there have been false starts or, say, early starts in VR really decades ago in military, in research, in even in the consumer sector where, you know, people's aspirations and what they wanted to do um, really were far beyond what the actual electronics and software and, and hardware components could support in a, you know, in a practical manner. And so, like many other industries, uh, VR and AR and all the 3D world has been tremendously helped uh, by the cell phone, right, the mobile industry, the mass production, the miniaturization of computing and optics and, you know, display technology and battery technology. I mean, that really laid the groundwork for this latest um, evolution of virtual reality to actually come to fruition. So that's something important to understand. So, you know, it, it started, you know, it's even this company was started maybe six years ago, seven years ago by some really bright young guys that had this vision of um, basically 
playing kind of arena sports, uh, something like Halo with a bunch of their friends wirelessly, but but in a real large space, right? Being able to actually act out rather than just sit on a couch and, and play with a controller. And so from that point forward, they really worked to create a system that accomplished that. Somewhere along the line, you know, they even before his fame, Lucky Palmer and these guys interacted. And, you know, you, you kind of know the public history with, with Oculus um, acquisition and then now the the Sony PlayStation VR and mm-hmm. and Oculus and HTC coming out this year in a big way as uh, premier commu- uh, consumer devices and then maybe some mass market devices in the Google Cardboard and the Samsung Gear VR. VR Studios is really really different than all of those guys because all of those guys are are targeting um, the consumer, somebody in your home. Um, largely sitting down, although the Vive has, you know, a little bit of space you can stand up and move around. VR Studios is has stayed true to its roots. We are a wireless, room-scale, large space, um, multiplayer, multi-site, uh, enterprise virtual reality play. So the word enterprise is really key. Wireless is really key because, you know, everybody else has connections to big computers through big wires, um, which sort of precludes moving around very much, even if you could technically. Uh, but VR Studios is targeting the enterprise and, and selling to businesses that serve customers. So we don't sell to the consumer. So, And there are a number of vertical applications and, and big applications for virtual reality we provide a platform, software and hardware based, and then that platform is used by by others to deliver services. So entertainment is a massive, fast-moving market. You know, it's moving faster in other parts of the world than in the United States, um, but even in the United States, there's a ton of activity. China in particular is just going bananas, and um, we have installations already in, in China and in Europe and they're installing right now as we speak in the Middle East and in Canada, and we have a massive pipeline. So one thing that's really different about us is we're actually selling stuff, um, and we we've, we've had a tremendous fourth quarter, and our you know growth projected for 2016 is just phenomenal. So it's really fun to be a part of a really fast-growing startup. The aside from entertainment. Um, which is like theme parks and arcades, and you know you're you're going to see kind of a resurgence of what used to be called arcades, but which will be VR attractions, right? I mean, put up in bowling alleys and you know all over the place because this is something that isn't going to be necessarily that accessible in the home, and it's going to be really fun, really cool. The economics are going to be there, so you're going to see a lot of VR, you know, in the U.S. maybe later in 2016, in 2017 at places where you could go and experience it. Um, the other applications, there's a big uh, category that we call virtualization, which is you know, um, helping people that are, are designing things in 3D today, but then they have to build like physical models or even build their building before they can actually um, get close to understanding what it's really going to feel like and what it's really going to look like. With virtual reality, you can import 3D designs um, and really explore 
room scale and feel like you're in a building, for instance, that's not built yet, or that you're looking at the details of a very complicated piece of machinery, or, you know, the list goes really on and on and on. Anything that's super big, super small, um, super expensive that you've designed with some design program, you can likely leverage, um, explore, and present, and ideate around in virtual reality. There's massive opportunity there. And then beyond that, there's simulation, which, you know, will take a little bit longer to take off, but will will nonetheless be massive in terms of training in, in virtual reality and augmented reality and simulation and just doing all kinds of things better than you can do them today and doing a lot of things that you just can't even do today. Um, and, and your brain feels like they're real, right? So it's just an amazing, amazing technology. The, the fourth pillar I like to refer to is communication. That's where we sort, it sort of ultimately permeates and we've transformed society from, you know, 2D communication to 2D and 3D communication. So pretty cool. Yeah, I saw a demo. Um, Microsoft is doing a demo this week uh, with the HoloLens, and uh, I guess the mm-hmm. concept that they were presenting was an idea where you'd have two people with HoloLenses on in two different rooms and a, uh, a scanner that would scan uh, kind of like a three-dimensional scan of your body and position and then and then layer a, like a texture over it so that to the so that each person looking at the other would, would feel as if they were in the same room. And um, so that's kind of an augmented reality uh, situation. But they, they were definitely presenting it as an enterprise-type solution um, for that. It seems – and it looked really compelling. Um, it sounds like what you guys are doing is um, – Maybe trying to trying to be uh, a bit ahead of the consumer versions of things to to be like more advanced. I mean, it sounds like if somebody's going to go to a um, like an arcade type of a situation or do it, it, from the looking at the website, it looks like it's a bit like a almost like a laser tag is like one of the demonstration apps that you guys have. So people would go there and and I guess get a better <laughs> experience than they might get at home. So does that mean you, you, does that create a challenge to keep your technology ahead of what the consumers are seeing on the consumer uh, versions of these things? It, it actually, we're, we are ahead, which is a really nice place to be. Um, but it's a really different market, right? Because uh, the enterprise pi- price point is much right. higher. It helps, right, than it helps to not have to worry about making it affordable, you, you know, for Well, for you have to make person. it affordable, but it's affordable in the context of an enterprise business application. So if you're saving somebody a million dollars in rework in a building, you know, they uh, can bear the burden of a a platform that's going to allow them to, to use that system over and over again to catch those kind of mistakes. Right. Right. Um, But a higher price point than somebody that's buying it for, you know, a Christmas gift for their, for their son or something. Right. People that are, you know, some of these building projects can be, you know, like a, like it's so expensive that I imagine that uh, you know an expensive VR headset wouldn't uh, would, wouldn't be a problem. You know what I mean? And especially if you're an architect or you're a builder who can use the headset over and over again for all the projects you work on, seems like it would be. Yeah. That. So one thing to understand is that we're not a headset. So like you think of the Vive, like VR right now, they're talking about the headset, mm-hmm. and really even those systems are a headset and a cable and a big giant computer on the other end. Or in the case of Sony a PlayStation VR, which is super smart. In the case of VR Studios, it's a system, right? So we have a wireless headset, we have wireless props, you have compute power, you have optical tracking system, and some kind of a grid that it is within. And I would say 
the you know a laser tag is to VR studios like maybe a typewriter is to you know word processing right, right? so it's just a it's, it's just a really next gen sort of arena type fun experience if it's in the entertainment space like that and um, and we are ahead i mean we are the only ones doing this direct wireless to with multiple players today um, and then the arena setting where people have kind of these backpack and wearable, we, we, we so is that where the, very nicely in that space too. Is that where the compute power is for the headsets? It's, it's, it's in a backpack or some kind of attachment. I was kind of wondering about how you managed to do wireless, but also drive the graphics. <laughs> that is our secret sauce. So yeah. no, we have compute power that's separate. So we have a true wireless uh, multiplayer solution. And then we also have a wearable solution, um, and we have advanced technologies that are, you know, coming, that aren't yet announced, that are um, in the in the hopper, shall we say? And that's the fun stuff. And we're, yeah. but it's moving so so fast. The whole industry is moving fast. We've adopted kind of this, tech, to some extent, technology agnostic approach with wanting to adhere to standard APIs. We have SDKs for the standard game engines for, you know, Unreal which is, uh, you know, Epic Games, or a local Bellevue company, and then also Unity, which is a very, very popular multi, you know, cross-platform um, engine. There are a couple of others out there, and we could also incorporate those if we we get enough demand for that. But um, it's uh, it's pretty neat because we are trying to incorporate, and we've, we've architected our system in such a way that we can incorporate and, in fact, want to integrate with really popular best-of-breed products out there. So bring in and be able to utilize other headsets. We've actually done that already, but um, really be able to keep including the most interesting and useful technology that comes available as people are innovating in virtual and augmented and mixed reality. So um, I guess one of the questions that I had was around... Um well, I, I want to talk about sort of the, the difference between a wireless VR headset and uh, and like a wired version and, and what an evolution that might be. Um, from what I've heard, like so w when I've used the Oculus, I found that because of the wires and because it doesn't have the full room positioning, um, it's kind of the thing where you, you basically are sitting in a chair. And then from what I understand, the HTC Vive uh, takes that a bit further. It adds some some in additional like um, positioning sensors for the room so that you have what I guess they call full room VR. So you can, you can move around right. the room, you know, get down on the floor. Um, and basically the, the system will track your position, even if you're not facing the co a computer monitor or, or one particular camera. Um, and so it seemed like a big difference between, you know, VR where you're stuck in a chair versus VR where you're moving around, but you still have that cable. Uh, it sounds like what you guys are working on is particularly the, the wireless, wi wireless side of things should really open that up even further uh, and make for a completely, you know, a, a much better experience. Um, have you guys, have you, I, I take it you've spent a bit of time wearing your, you guys' uh, technology? How, how does it, how does it compare? I, I guess that's a leading kind of question. I'm sure you have great things to say, but yeah, t <laughs> tell us about what it's like to use a VR headset without being tethered. Well, we, um, we're, winning more business than we can even ship right now. We'll put it that way. Um, and it is distinctly different having a wireless experience where you can move around. It's the way it's meant to be. And I, I truly believe that over time, 
um, you know, the consumer headsets, just as you saw the controllers initially started out being cabled and then they went to um, being wire, uh, wireless, uh, that evolution will happen, but it will take some time on the, um, it'll take some time on the uh, consumer side. So, um, on for our system, it is a distinctly uh, fabulous experience, and anybody who tries it, you know, just understands immediately what the difference is, and that's why we've attracted such fabulous massive partners most of which are not announced yet we're you know getting everything that we've done you have to keep in mind has been coming to us so we're not out there advertising we're not out there trying to get people to come to us we're getting people you know knocking on our door sending us email calling you know hopping on planes visiting us and saying and and trying the system and going wow this is really this is really great. You know, we want to have this and offer it to our customers. It's not available for consumer at this point. We don't sell it to consumers. So um, it is really different. And the other thing that's really super important to keep in mind is that we do um, a, a big part of our system focuses on tra tracking the props and the head. And you just don't have that kind of tracking even with the Vive and the Lighthouse system. Um, while theirs is better than what you have with the seated with Oculus and with um, uh, Sony's, it is still does not approach uh, what we're able to do. And because of that and because of the care that we take in terms of the content, you nobody, there is 0% uh, sickness or any kind of ill effect when you use our system. And that is very, very important to us that it is a fabulous user experience. I think you'll find over time, depending on how the, the content is controlled, that it's pretty easy to be made ill in a system where you're sitting down and the camera's moving, but your body's not, or that you're able to move around and your, your body's not tracked. I personally am incredibly sensitive to motion sickness, and I can, you know, even the best uh, Vive and other experiences can make me not feel that well, um, and it, it's just it's just an artifact of the technology. So that's a really big difference uh, with VR Studios is that we we pay great attention to that, and you pay for that. I mean that that's part of the what can be built into I think uh, an enterprise grade system, and and it's really worth it because you don't want you know a third of your company not to be able to use some new tool that you've brought brought in. Right? It has to be a hundred percent. Fabulous. Yeah. So, do you think that the 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 effect on the motion sickness? Do you think it is it because of like a lower latency, or is it is it a lot of it just because just the fact that you can move your whole body and you're not stuck uh, in one position? Um, is, no, is, is that what helps, or what 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 helps with that? There's a few things that help. Lower latency absolutely is very useful, but they have you know they're they're wired. I mean, they have uh, everybody has and focuses on low latency, but the your brain does not like it when what you're experiencing, uh, you know, in your sound and your sight when you're within virtual reality does not match up to what your body knows it's doing. So if you move your head and something's not moving, maybe it's moving the wrong way or something, or it's not tracking you fast enough, um, your, 
your brain won't like that. Or if you're you're immersed in something and it's supposed to be you and you know, maybe it's like the roller coaster, right? And you're going on this roller coaster ride, but you're actually just sitting in a chair, your body knows that that's happening and, and some people can tolerate it and other people can't. Other people their body will go, uh wait a minute, this mm-hmm. doesn't compute and, you know, I need to protect you in some way, so I'm going to make you sick and get, you know, sort of stop this from happening. And um, so it, it does, it's in, it's in part related to the content because you have control over, you know, where the camera is and what it's presenting to the user, but also that responsiveness and what you're tracking and how that's able to be represented within the experience is also a really important piece of it. And we, we just take great care in both of those. And and from a technological capability, we have the ability to do the tracking stuff better than, you know, the other systems because, you know, that's part of what we've built into ours. That's great. Yeah. Have you heard about that? There's, I, I don't know where, where this is happening, but I've seen pictures of, of roller coaster operators setting up VR and letting oh, people yeah. wear VR on a roller coaster. And I've actually heard that, you know, for the exact reasons that you just specified, that you wear VR on a roller coaster while the roller coaster is going and not get mm-hmm. sick because, you know, it probably matches up uh, specifically with what's being shown on the screen. Um, yeah, there's yeah. a couple of big installations all of you know, around the world. And for the most part, I've seen them done with Samsung Gear VR. Mm-hmm. And it's true. See, and because we can move around more, then, of course, you can have more experiences. where you, and, and VR coasters, mixed hybrid systems where they're mixing some portion of, you know, virtual reality with something physical is, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, in, you know, I, I mean, there's just tons of, uh, you just can't believe the number of projects that are ongoing, and, and we're even involved in some of those. But this VR coaster, uh, the tricky part is actually synchronizing what you're seeing and hearing in the VR headset with what's happening on the roller coaster. So, you know, most of the reports have been, it works pretty well, it works okay, people aren't getting sick, but you know, the hardware wasn't really designed for a large enterprise kind of application like that where you're, you know, the public's using it. It's problematic in terms of just the logistics of, of sticking a bunch of headsets, keeping the batteries charged, keeping the phones on to the right mm-hmm. thing. All of that kind of stuff is, is a bit painful for the operator. But then this, this synchronization between the actual physical movement and the um, VR experience is a little bit tricky with that setup. Yeah, sounds interesting. I, uh, I will, pretty cool, yeah, though. Yeah, I think it's great cool. they're doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it uh, brings it to more people. So, so, Mary, for people who want to get into the industry, what would you recommend? Like, say you've got a, a young person who wants to, what, what, what should they do? What do you recommend? Uh, I think, you know, I think meetups are, like, the greatest thing um, to just go and meet people and find out about stuff. And so there's a bunch of VR meetups. There's also hackathons if you're sort of have a weekend or a bit of time to dedicate and and really want to jump in. I'd say be fearless. And, you know, it always served me well to be curious and just ask questions and and put myself in a situation where I'm going to learn something. And don't be afraid. You know, it's okay. The great thing about VR is there are, you know, everybody's sort of new. I mean, there's a few people that have been around for a while. But but the stuff that's out today, it's all relatively new. So um, you can you can jump in and learn a lot really quickly. And it's it's really technically, uh, you know, invigorating and kind of can be challenging. And it's also very creative. So there's kind of something for everyone. 
So you don't have to be a, so so say you're a student in school, what would you recommend studying? What what are, what are going to be sort of the skill sets that are high demand for for people in this industry? Or is well, it going to cover cover all the traditional ones that we already know about? Yeah, I mean there's a lot of the traditional like in engineering, you know, there's mechanical engineering, there's industrial design, there's um, a traditional electrical engineering. There's also a lot of the modeling and uh, computer sciences that are involved. And then there's game, you know, game design. And, and that sort of encompasses a lot of aspects anywhere from art and game mechanics to to even um, production and user interface and user experience. And, you know, for everything that you're, when you're building a system, there's testing and there's always marketing and, you know, there. There's all aspects of this industry, um, and there will be opportunities across the board. So regardless of what your, you know, interest is and what your, uh, you know, kind of your competency, where your competencies lie, there's really something in VR kind of for everybody. Well, that's, that's a, I mean, I think, um, gosh, I mean, I think uh, it's going to be fun fun to see. So when, when can we learn more about, like, when are you guys, you're going to have some public announcements, I presume, coming up at some point, and, and like, how, what's the best way to watch what you're, what you're working on there and, and keep up with it? Well, we, we have a, um, we've got a pretty good, uh, uh, I'd say, up-to-date Facebook uh, page and Twitter feed for the company. I also am I'm pretty um, religious about tweeting and definitely tweet out the stuff that, uh, that the company is doing. And we're, we're getting better with our website. Uh, when you're so busy doing all your technology, I'd say, uh, you know, it's hard to go spend a lot of time focusing on your website. But we're really trying to um, have that be as up-to-date as possible. And th things just are moving so quickly. It's just amazing. So social media is a really good, uh, really good avenue. But coming up, we're, um, we're in the Middle East in the next few weeks. We're doing the... Uh, uh, there's a couple of shows there. There's a Comic-Con show and a deal show. We're going to be at the, you know, amusement, big amusement shows, IAPA China, IAPA um, in the U.S. We're actually at some other industry shows. Uh, there's one coming up in Chicago called Built Worlds. Um, I personally will be speaking at an AMA event coming up here. And then in May, um, there is a show up in Vancouver, British Columbia, with one of our partners, Archiac, that's a consumer virtual reality show. And that's going to be kind of cool because they're going to have a bunch of stuff on display, including some VR um, studios. VRcade is our entertainment brand, um, our systems up there. And I think I'm also speaking at that event. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And there's some, I think there's a really cool hackathon coming up that, um, you know, that's being promoted online. Uh, I think in the next few weeks, but there's a ton of activities. There's a bunch of meetups. There's women in VR. There's, you know, there's all kinds of cool stuff going on. So, if you look, you'll find find cool stuff. All right. Well, great. Well, well, I mean, people should definitely to learn more about the company. Then uh, go to vrstudios.com and follow Mary Jesse on Twitter. Yeah, it's and, the Mary uh, Jesse. Okay, the Mary Jesse. Yep. At Mary, uh, Mary Jesse, as opposed uh, to all those other Mary Jessies out there, actually, someone else had Mary Jesse <laughs> Twitter before before I did, so I was like, okay. But and I think VR Studios is VR Studios USA. If I'm not, you have to check on that one for the Twitter. But yeah. So okay, great. Well, Mary, thank you so much for being on the show and talking to us about about virtual reality. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, thanks so much. Uh, love you guys. So. 
uh, we'll we'll see you uh, sometime soon in the real world or the virtual one. I'd love to see in the virtual world, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds good. That's good. Well, thanks, everyone, for <laughs> Thank listening. Uh, we'll see you next week.